Welcome to In Case You Get Hit by a Podcast. I'm Gene Newman. And I'm Abby Schneiderman. And today I need to talk to Gene about something, which is an article I sent him the other day about a terrifying thing, which was that a woman woke up in her own coffin at her funeral and was like banging, banging the, the doors. <laughs> at her own when you sent it to me abby i was like oh my god this reminded me of a story we had done and it, it's what I, I don't even I, it just like let's start start from the beginning can you explain can you explain what happened yes this woman had she had suffered a stroke she had cardiac arrest they pronounced her dead to the point where she was put in a coffin she was at her funeral and they noticed that the casket was making noises so then they opened it up and she was still alive and By the way, this is, oh, hold on a second. This is a very sad story because she 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 does end up ending up dying recent yeah. like soon after this. But I don't I don't even understand. I I was like I was I, I this is my worst worst possible nightmare. Keep That's going. what I'm wondering about because when people think of fears, this has been an ongoing fear. There's an actual condition. It's called taphophobia, which is the fear of being buried alive because it used to be back in ye olden days, an actual thing that would happen because people, they just wouldn't pronounce and you could be buried alive. Someone could think they were passed out. They were unconscious. They had some reaction to something where they appeared dead. They weren't showing a pulse. They weren't breathing. And then the person turned out that they were actually alive. And Abby, we did a feature on this where we said eight, eight, people who were mistakenly pronounced dead. And we went through this. And some of these are a lot like this. Someone in February of 2014, you know, someone. Is it that there are only eight people? (laughs) No, these are just eight that we found because we actually were very, we were very conservative in not repeating certain stories because we found a bunch where someone was pronounced dead and they were brought back in a body bag and then the body bag started moving and they're like, they weren't dead. Most of the time, the the sad fact that you mentioned is a lot of these people, they don't live much long afterwards. It's, it's, it's something where they had a condition and they were just pronounced dead. And sometimes it's negligence. Sometimes it's someone who just didn't pay attention. Sometimes the doctors and everyone missed all the signs as is the, the case in Ecuador. Because they said everyone missed these signs. Like someone should have noticed at some point that she wasn't dead. But it seemed like everyone was not following the rules and making sure that this woman actually was deceased before they went along with that. And But so would she have died anyways? Or is this that or did she get so stressed by being locked in a coffin that it caused her to ultimately die? That's just so sad. That that's the that's what usually what would happen sometimes is people they could have reactions. There was one story on our list where someone who had drank, it was in Russia and they drank so much vodka that the person appeared dead. They brought him, put him in a body bag and then ended up waking up in the body bag and then went back to a party where people were toasting in his in memorial to him. Like that's so sometimes your body has a reaction and they just people just assume, okay, oh, we didn't this patient didn't make it. And sure enough, the person did. 
and they woke up. So in those instances, it's mostly like, wow, that's a good party story later on. But a lot of these other ones are kind of terrifying. I mean, when people are misdiagnosed and you'd figure nowadays, because back in the old times, you didn't know there could be issues where someone was just assumed dead. And that was a huge concern for people, hence the phobia that was created. But for other people that are dealing with this now, you know, it, it does make you worry a little that if it could happen now, you know, how many people have has this possibly happened to? And are your fears realized, Abby? Well, I just can't imagine being, first of all, being the person, I, I, it's like unfathomable to me to, you know, even think about what this person must have been feeling like when she was knocking on the coffin. But then imagine the family who then gets this, this, you know, glimmer of hope that their loved one may not, you know, isn't dead after all, or may not be dead after all. And, and then to have them, you know, be alive and then to die again, it just seems horrible. Like and it also absolutely what, horrible. what condition, because I have to say, wouldn't it be better if you were in this condition, but you also weren't fully aware that you were in that condition? So perhaps if you're dealing with other uh, cognitive issues, so at least you might be moving and everything, but you're not so fully aware because mm-hmm. the, 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 the most horrifying story on our list, that's still like, this is the one that, that always gives me creeps. And there was, there was, there was kind of a horror movie when I was a kid that had this happen in it that freaked me out. Uh, which was someone in Venezuela who was jolted awake, not in a body bag, not in a morgue, but it was during an autopsy. So they went to cut and he was still bleeding. And they're like, this is not normal because when someone is no longer alive, you are not pumping blood through your body. So you're not bleeding. So that's the fear. That's the, you know, you're put in a bag. It's terrifying. You're put in a casket, possibly in the ground. You're terrified, but to be cut and to think that, there's a procedure that is one of those ultimate terrors that you'd want. I mean, I guess at the time they figured, okay, this is, this is off. And at least they realized it because that's why the moment they made the incision, they noticed, okay, this isn't a normal factor. Maybe this person's still alive. Cause usually by the time you make it to the coroner, it's a fact you are not alive. This podcast is brought to you by Everplans, the company that helps you get your life organized and keep it that way. Through Everplans' expert content and app, you're able to organize everything from your Wi-Fi password to how you pay your mortgage, from health insurance details to when your pet's vaccines are due, something I always seem to forget. So thank you, Everplans, for that. Download the free iOS app today to get started or visit everplans.com to learn more. Okay, but what about the woman? What about the the woman? This was from a while ago, who uh, an elderly woman. This was in Poland, who was declared dead by the medical examiner and spent eleven hours in oh. eleven hours in cold storage before the attendants noticed that her body bag was moving. And then when they unzipped the bag and the woman came out, she said she felt totally fine and she went home. What? That's, you, you figure, did, did she need a nap? I mean, maybe that's the thing. I mean, how, Abby, I know you have Talk a lot going on. about good dinner party conversation. Okay, I mean, this, Abby, this would be like, you know. Let, let's turn this into a positive. I know you're really busy. You're on <laughs> meetings all the time. 
you got two kids. I know one kid, you know, for the summer, the kid goes away, but you got kids, you got family issues. You got all this stuff to deal with. Maybe you could use 11 hours in like a bin where no one is bothering you. No phone calls, no emails, no, no emergencies. You're like, okay, Abby's away now, but 11 hours, you're going to come out of it and be like, Ooh, I feel refreshed. I think I have a few other ideas that I would want to try first for 11 hours before the body bag and cold storage. But um, I'll, I'll keep it in mind, Gene. Abby, we could pivot and this could be a new wellness thing, which is, you know, there's nap pods. There's, there could be cold storage pods where someone, you go on the thing, someone pushes you in. But I know when you get an MRI, I mean, and you've probably had an MRI when they put you in the machine, you know, some people, they panic. They, they ter- Some people can find it cozy. Some, Some people, people are very, yes, find it very claustrophobic and have to and totally panic, have so much anxiety before they, they go. They have to like, you know, put the masks over and put earphones in and listen yep. to music and do deep breathing. And get your mind. I actually think it's kind of nice. You have like nobody bothering you for an hour. Yeah. I mean, you figure an astronaut or someone who's in one of those little capsules, like it, you are, there's no room. You can't move. And I think that that is the worry people have, which is what if I had to sit up fast? What if something goes wrong? I can't just slide out of here. I'm completely contained. But other times you just put your mind at rest and say, okay, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to try to relax. I'm going to realize that I'm surrounded by people, medical professionals. But it is that concept of people who have that claustrophobia. This is probably the worst fear. But then it gets to us wondering, and we did a feature a while back called How to Tell if a Person's Actually Dead. And it seemed kind of at the time pretty obvious but maybe for people to realize that that you know the obvious things that you might want to do now let's assume a medical professional is doing this because you really don't want to do this call 911 if you think someone is dead do not like think you're going to I'm going to diagnose <laughs> just take care of this myself and you can you can you can like poke the person yes. you can shake the person yes you can <laughs> that's always the good first thing and if someone's unconscious they're probably not going to react but usually you can get some reaction uh, another thing and this is confusing for some people checking for a pulse Gene, Gene, how how do you how do you happen to know all of this information i mean have you ever actually had to to you know poke someone and figure out if they're <laughs> yes. like, I haven't. So I'm just going on oh. record as saying I haven't, I haven't poked anyone. I, I will, I will, uh, I, I won't give the full details, but yes, uh, I've poked many dead bodies. No, I have not poked any dead bodies. I do not <laughs> I like to make sure touching. we're going on record usually, as we're not usually, experts in this. Yeah, yeah. If someone, if someone is injured, you know, I'll help them out. But if it gets to that point, that's where, luckily cell phones exist to call 911 and get people and you just keep people away from there because checking pulse we know that every movie every tv show they check a pulse but a lot of times it's not a common thing that you do on people doctors do it all the time but have you ever tried to check someone's pulse i can never feel it i i I, it's very hard for me to feel the pulse i'm with you but the mirror trick is one that is a good one. Oh. And, and I have done this when I was helping care for someone and they were not like, they were not in great shape and they were older. And at times when they were sleeping, I didn't want to disturb, but I was paranoid that this person might not be breathing. So I would put, if you put a mirror or any, anything that's dark underneath and see if it fogs up, you'll notice, okay, they're breathing. I've also admittedly, I've done it for dogs that are deep sleeping because I get a little nervous, but I don't so want to. You have a lot more experience with this than I do. I, I have not checked 
to see if any animal or human yes. is actually alive or not. I'm going to call the professionals for this, but um, uh, I assume that Gene has like an app on his phone that <laughs> is helping him to determine these important but, things. You know why? Because I don't like to disturb animals or people that are sleeping. So I'd sooner have a mirror. If they, again, if they woke up with a mirror under the nose, they would be like, what the hell's happening? But it's better than me having to shake or poke them or check their pulse. Uh, the one thing you see doctors do a lot is when you shine a light in their eyes, because you know you could see if if the pupils uh, constrict, then they're alive. If not, So how did this person, how did this person get, get presumed dead, but then actually you, wasn't dead? Someone did not go through all this stuff. Because even the next one, the sniff test, I mean, you know, smelling salts, like people have that when you click the thing and it, it is so horrifyingly, disgustingly smelly that you could not fake it. If you, if uh, we mentioned on the site, an onion you could put under, if you happen to have one handy, but anything that has a really pungent smell, your body just can't, it will automatically react unless you're conditioned against that. So usually when they do that smell test, or a lot of times the other smell test, when people die, this is something that's usually unpleasant. They relieve themselves. So that is a factor. But the reason that's not 100% is because people, when they have other medical issues, can do that as well. So that's not 100%. You know, but you, this is where the doctors, you assume in Ecuador, they didn't do these. They checked the pulse maybe and they said, okay, she went through all these issues. It's over. And then it went right. to the next stage and the next stage. And that's usually what it happens. But when doctors do this, they do have extensive tests. So if you're in a hospital, if you're in a nursing facility, any place where there's professionals, even paramedics at the scene will make sure that they're going to, you know, hook a, hook a machine up to make sure that there's no brain waves, there's no yeah. heart monitoring. They don't usually take it lightly. These stories are usually interesting and salacious and rare, but it's not something if you're really worried about this, we always say, if you have an advanced directive, you know, you could even put on there, make sure that there is no doubt that I am not alive before doing I'm that. Definitely, I'm definitely including this in my advanced directive because I do not want to be, I, I don't want to be knocking on that door. You, you don't. And, and, and there were, there are people that would have latches on the inside of their caskets. That was the thing where they'd worry if anything happened. But a lot of times when people have all these, this funeral seemed to have taken place very quickly after the death. Most people that have viewings, they have wakes that at that point, no one's going to lie there for a day or two. It's usually something that happens a quick turnaround. Um, so if someone had, for example, if they said they were deceased and they had the funeral a week later between that period, they would have noticed that someone probably is still alive. So when you're doing that, if you if, if it's going to be a quick turnaround, you want to make sure of that. And also, a lot of times people might get cremated, so you want to make sure, especially oh before gosh. then. Okay, I, I can't even think about that. I just I just gave you another fear, which is waking up in a crematorium. Cross <laughs> the line into my into an even worse nightmare. So I'm going to say we hope this never happens to you. We're pretty sure it won't, but yes. now you know. Now you know. So thank you for joining us. Yes. Thank you for joining for this episode, which is by far one of our most upbeat, happy, pleasant, starting your week off right. If people out there have other concerns, questions, fears, let us know at podcast at everplans.com. 